You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Why, hello, and welcome to issue. 550 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. I'm your other host, Gable Hashtani. And I want to know why didn't Bean gave me like that weird look. I knew what the episode number was. No, no, no. That was um, the weird face I was making. Yeah. That, that was because of my joke. <clears throat> it was a pretty cringy joke. Oh, okay. Did you say the joke? I didn't even hear it. The thing about how nobody's going anywhere. Oh, it's not even funny anymore. That's why I couldn't laugh. Okay. Um, But we have a special guest tonight. This is a good segue. Someone who has been professionally (laughs) funny for decades. Uh, We have a one, Mr. Bill Oakley, joining us tonight. How's it going, Bill? Hello. It's going as well as can be expected. Right. (laughs) Uh, So I think, just really quick, I think Bill and I met each other probably through podcasting a few years ago now, through Fun Employment, I think. Did you guys? This has been around for a long time, right? I feel like I was on your show in like in like 2010. Yeah, you've been on the show a while ago when it was like with other. Yeah, because it's you know. Yeah, you were on it, and we. I I came over to to your place or somebody's place, right? And we drank. Uh, It either would have been my house or Scott's house. Yeah, a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I think it wasn't just beer. I think we did a malt liquor tasting. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to be back. I don't have any. I, I didn't. I guess uh, there's no malt liquor tonight. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, no, that, that's okay. <laughs> All right. We, we can always plan to deciders. have it. Maybe you could bring some over tomorrow, just, you know, <laughs> as a courtesy gesture. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'll just leave it on your porch. <laughs> Tribute. Excellent. Um, so yeah, we wanted to have Bill on because I, you know, I've been following Bill for a while on on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. But it was what about a year ago? You started doing your fast food reviews. It was actually almost two years ago. I oh think we're God. approaching the second anniversary of it. So yeah, because I started doesn't matter anymore. The day I know it's the, the, the uh, it was the day that McDonald's introduced those fresh beef quarter pounders, and it was just on a whim when I was like, I was just going to go there and get one and like tweet my thoughts on it. But then I was like, why don't I just film something? And uh, it kind of all took off from there. <laughs> so we're now like they send you gift baskets and stuff. They do. 
Yeah, they do. In fact, maybe I'll show you something shortly. But yeah, uh, it's been a while. I mean, obviously, this pandemic has shut everything down. It used to be a well-oiled machine. <laughs> Me receiving lots of free crap all the time, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's kind of slowed uh, since this whole thing started. But it's but I but I kind of feel like since none of the fast food restaurants really shut down because they were all deemed essential. It was almost like you were priming all of us for this pending lockdown where it was like, okay, the only restaurants that are still in existence anymore are fast food places. <laughs> so here, so here are the ones where you can at least try to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, I, that's true. Um, although I'm still a little dubious about their labor policy. I've always been somewhat dubious about their labor policies and about like the workers getting, uh, you know, the safe health and safety of the workers. So it's still, that's kind of the reason I haven't gone, um, even though they're still open, but uh, right. you know, eventually, hopefully they're going to work all that stuff out. Have you actually ever thought about like, I mean, cause you have, you have built some kind of online presence beyond like your work on, you know, the Simpsons and just, and like all the animated work you've been doing since then and all the, all the television work you've done. Like you have built like you've a, a almost completely different audience with the reviews that you do on your Instagram page. So yes, I like that. Have, yeah, I no, like it's that. cool. Have, have you kind of thought about like transitioning that? Okay. Since I have the attention of all these, you know, companies in a strange way, have you thought about that could be a way to like transition it into also saying like, Hey, this was a really fun burger. Also pay your people a living wage. That, you know, it's, uh, I <laughs> would like you to have that. to, it's just, I know. would like to get there. There, you know, uh, I'm just one voice. Uh, and I think they're getting a lot of shit about that already. And like, um, but yes, I'm definitely thinking about that and thinking about ways to approach that. That would be pretty cool. Um, so your most recent obsession that I have seen lately has been your various hot dog experiments. And I yes. have even partaken in a couple of them. So what, what, uh, what fired that off? Well, I want to start. I know hot dogs have always been a very, <laughs> a very easy to prepare. Uh, and, you know, I would say the ter in terms of like invest investment of time versus reward, mm -hmm. very high. Like you can, if you got one of those, you know, those microwave bacon platters, like <clears> if you have, I know you're like a fancy cook, so you're not going to be microwaving any hot dogs, but I I'll tell you that I mean, like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with microwaving it. It's fast. Well, yeah, well, they got those. I mean, you know, the you know what I'm talking about those microwave bacon platters that let you make bacon in the microwave, right? Yeah. Those were all invented. They were I only invented like ten years ago, but they have them. Um, they really perfected them. So you could like the hot dog in the microwave is eighty percent as good as a, you know grilled one or whatever, and it takes a minute. So, in answer to your question, uh, the reason I've uh, been doing that is because it's really easy. Um, it's a lazy man's. Uh, Way to, easy way to experiment with cooking without too much hassle. So I usually boil my hot dogs because it only takes five minutes and, and then they're a little bit better than the microwave ones. Um, and then I basically just kind of comb through my refrigerator to see what I could put on top of them. So I made up like about five random recipes and I keep putting them on my Instagram, um, Instagram story. Um, and people are also, I don't know if people have been inspired by me or what, but they keep sending me ones that they've made up. Um, and none of them are too, well, actually some of them are quite exotic, like Chris Onstad's, uh, banh mi, Vietnam, Vietnamese. I was going to say, like someone made a banh mi hot dog. That guy, well, you know, Chris Onstad, who's the creator of Akewood, is like a, he used to be a food critic and he's like, he's the kind of guy who has all that stuff in his house, like, you know, uh, walnut sauce and all this other strange stuff that you never <laughs> would think of getting anywhere. He, um. Yeah. So he like, he made that one. That was a restaurant quality hot dog. But the other ones, the ones that I make 
are more like the kind of stuff that any <laughs> any bozo such as myself might have in their in, in in their kitchen so like the mexican dog the um italian dog um which actually i have more fed into a grilled cheese sandwich and it's uh spectacular um so anyway i hope that answers your question well i mean it does i mean i'm trying to think like what's some of the stuff that you've been impressed by people have been putting on their hot dogs that you think like that's awful and then you try it and you're like no it's not well none of the stuff that people have been putting on is particularly weird uh, at the moment, like the Seattle dog is a weird thing. And I'm, you may know that you may already know that like that was what Seattle dogs are the best. <laughs> so when you get a Seattle dog, what's on it? Uh, you get mayonnaise and cream cheese. That's, oh. that's the thing that makes it a Seattle dog. Uh, you can get a, you can get your dog bacon wrapped. And then from there, you really, you can choose your own. You've got your own uh, choice on the relishes and whatnot. So, but it's, it's the cream cheese that yeah. makes it the Seattle dog. And I, I, for one, who am normally a purist, um, mayonnaise and mustard, I'm all about a Seattle dog. And maybe it's just because I lived in the city, so street meat was obviously a yeah. thing. Street meat. Yeah, late night street meat. That's, that's city life for you. Um, yeah. No, it's delicious. It's fucking delicious. Whatever well, else you want to put on there, the combination of cream cheese and hot dog is magic. It, it's so, like people who are not from Seattle and, or who haven't heard of it are blown away by how weird it is. Like that's the one people, I get more comments about that one. The people just are like, that's people are thinking it's going to be disgusting for one. And I actually felt like you can't even really taste the cream cheese all that much. It just kind of adds a little bit of creamy texture to the thing, but it doesn't have a strong taste. So like I, I always heard that uh, grilled onions, grilled or caramelized onions were also part of the package for a standard Seattle dog. Uh, it's pretty standard. Yeah. Or in hot sauce, but I can't wait to try a real one. Sometime when I get up to Seattle, there's so much stuff I want to try up there. I think that I think Sax on Hawthorne does a pretty legit Seattle dog. At least I really told that. Yeah, I got to get over there. I I've been there many times and I don't think I ever saw that. That's well, cool. I mean, back when you could have foolish nights at the space room and then walk over yeah. to Zach's Hot Dog Shack, uh, that was one of the standards that was on there. Yeah, but I'm no trying one... to think if I've ever eaten their Seattle dog. As someone never... who's had many a late night at Zach's. <laughs> I will also tell you what the newest one I got. I got a couple. Every time I do this, people send in more things about weird stuff they've had. And this one uh, is the one I'm going to try next is the peanut, putting a peanut butter on a hot dog. Now, I know that also sounds, it doesn't sound any more repulsive than to me than cream cheese or to the general audience. And I think like based on the other experiences I've had with putting peanut butter on bologna sandwiches, I think it could be pretty good. If you do it right, you can actually get a pretty good balance. Have you tried it? I've done it on, so my mom used to be a real big fan of fried bologna and peanut butter sandwiches or she would, but it would be, it would be a tortilla in our house. So she wouldn't use bread. She would just warm up a flour tortilla and then just on the same thing, like just fry the bologna slice and then put mustard or put a uh, peanut butter in and roll it all up. Like that I used have to be a technical her question. Uh, do you use chunky or creamy? So she, so she normally likes her peanut butter and jellies with chunky, but when you're doing the fried bologna and peanut butter, it should be yes, creamy. creamy. Okay. Yep. Uh, that I, makes I sense. Agree. I'm not, I'm not okay with this concept, but I definitely agree that this is the situation that calls for creamy, not crunchy. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of killer burgers, um, putting peanut butter on yeah. burgers. Peanut so, butter, pickle bacon burger. Yeah. So that's like, my favorite. I'm intrigued by this notion of putting peanut butter on a hot dog. So yeah, I, I think I'd go there. All right. I think peanut butter has a 
lot more uses than we, <laughs> and I mean, I know that George Washington Carver was, had a thousand uses for peanut butter, but I think it has a lot more culinary uses, culinary uses than we're like, have you guys seen the show Eating History on History Channel? Yes. I not. I love that show. show. It's so strange where they eat old food. Like, but it's, <laughs> like, it's not just like, it's not just pure voyeurism. Like there's a historical component to it. Like this is what the soldiers were eating during the invasion of D-Day, or this is like, they always put it in context. Anyway, they had this one episode that was about um, the recipe. It was a recipe from the depression that was extremely cheap. And it was filling, hollowing out an onion and filling it with peanut butter. And everybody thought it was going to be repulsive, but it was actually pretty good because it had kind of a, um, a Thai taste, you know, like the Thai oh, yeah. peanut sauce. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that leads me to conclude that peanut butter does have probably more uses than we're willing to admit here in the U.S. I make a ramen that has peanut butter in it. I bet that's great. It's mm -hmm. really great. You have to be careful, though. It can come out too salty very easily. So our friend in Texas wanted to know if any of us had ever tried a, a Sonoran hot dog, which is one of my favorite styles to have anyway. So yes, I have. Remind me, what's on that? Uh, it usually has, uh, pin it's, it's pinto beans. The ones I get will have some mustard, some pinto beans, um, the long yellow chili peppers, mm -hmm. almost like what you would put on a Chicago dog, but they're a little spicier. And oh, that then, sounds great. Yeah, some of them will put some crumbly uh, Oaxacan cheese on it, and then mm. maybe some salsa. Um, I did a variation of it just a few weeks ago, where I didn't have any chili peppers, but I decided to put some nopales on mine, uh, which was just fantastic. But make sure you drain the nopales really well, otherwise that kind of slimy cactus juice turns yeah. your bun into just a soggy mess. Well, you know what you do is you saute them like grilled onions before you put them on your dog. Yeah, I was being lazy. Did you put you but you put all the other Sonora dog toppings on there? Yeah, I still oh. put the uh, the pinto beans and then the yeah the Oaxacan cheese is what kind of locks it all together because it has that salty bite to it. That sounds great. Yeah, that that's a very underutilized cheese in uh, most American culinary cooking, and I think the reason why it doesn't get used a lot is that it doesn't melt. Mm. And I feel oh. like the average American doesn't like using a cheese that won't melt. Yeah, that's why we have Velveeta here. <laughs> Which is amazing really in its own way. Yeah. <laughs> that's it has, one of those compounds that's never quite a solid and never quite a liquid. <laughs> it yep. certainly has its uses. I can't, I've made some macaroni and cheese with that stuff uh, that is really good. And also some dip, you know, like that uh, Rotel dip. You guys know what that is? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't. What's that? It's similar to, to Velveeta in that it's like designed to be pretty melty gooey, but it tends to come with like little bits of pepper in it. Oh, you make it with the Velveeta. I mean, the recipe that I, uh, you make it, you melt, basically you get those cans of Rotel diced peppers and you melt, uh, you melt Velveeta with it and then you can dip nachos in it and it's really addictive. Mm -hmm. Oh man. That's good snacking. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to clarify. Did, I, did you say that the Sonora dog has Oaxacan cheese on it? I think so. That's the meltiest kind of Mexican cheese. No, I'm confusing with cotilla, not Oaxacan. Sorry. Okay. I'm like, I was like, I'm going to make it all wrong. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, cotilla, not Oaxacan. Sorry. You're right. Oh, okay. That one that melts like sense. crazy. Okay. Just to clarify. <laughs> or as my mom had tried to pitch it to someone once, no, it's like Mexican feta. You'll be fine. 
It, it, it basically like is. It like well, because this feta. person was like, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, you like feta? Yeah, it's fine. It's Mexican feta. You'll be fine. She, yeah, she's not yeah. wrong. Not completely wrong. No. It's less dry. You're talking about Mexicans? Yeah. <laughs> random voice. Who was, who was that? <laughs> yeah, it was a surprise visitor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're always talking about Mexicans on this show. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. So, Bill, is there like an ingredient that you've been wondering would it work on a hot dog, but you've not had the guts to pull it off yet? Because it could be a glorious train wreck. Oh, boy. That's a good question. Well, you know, I haven't, no, I'm not doing the, like, yeah, you could put shrimp. You could put seafood on it. And I, but I think like those, like, I tend to shy away from things that seem like they're going to be gross. <laughs> I have to right. say. So I, I haven't thought of anything, you know, I haven't thought of anything too weird, but I guess I will let you know. You'll find, you'll see it on my Instagram if I yeah. do. Which we put a link in the chat and stuff. I know that the one thing I'm probably going to do that this weekend, because at, at, as anyone knows, you ask my wife, like I have a weird obsession for hot dogs. So like I was already enjoying Bill, your Instagram to begin with, but then when you shifted into hot dogs, I was like, oh, now I'm all in. <laughs> I no longer own and putting weird stuff on top of tubed meat. It's good. Uh, do you buy, what? Do you just buy Hebrew National like I do, or do you get like fancy ones? I well, I think Hebrew National is pretty fancy. Are they not considered fancy? Oh, I mean, like the like deli ones from the deli. No, I'm you know because I feel like if you're going to have the pure hot dog experience, it's either got to be Hebrew National or Nathan's. Yeah, you know, Agreed. I would say that I would I. I have you been to Otto's Sausage Kitchen? Yes. Don't you like what those hot dogs that they use? They have are magnificent. Like, I, and are, are they some sort of special hot dog? Do you know? I don't know. I think part of it is what helps is the casing they use. Yeah, that gives yeah. it that real gives it that crack when you bite into oh, it. Like good snap. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean by fancy hot dogs. I think if you could go out of your way to you know to go to a butcher shop or someplace like Otto's, you can get hot dogs that are cut above. <laughs> your average package one yeah like we've gone to, uh one, we've had the autos one and then we've had the ones from well gartner's makes their own hot dogs which yes. are really good yeah yep. and then uh olympia provisions makes a makes a frankfurter oh yeah those really it's long like ones. soup yeah mm -hmm. it's the really long and narrow one though yeah it's the very german style where it like hangs off like three inches on the bun on each side yeah i'm yeah. not a fan of a long skinny dog i I wasn't a big fan of it until Jen and I were in Japan, and I'm going to recreate this recipe. Uh, no, I'm just going to let it go. Let it Lindsay's go. dying over there. So in Japan, <laughs> there was a street, there was a food cart that we went to outside of our hotel, and she had like the French baguette, like you would do for a banh mi, mm -hmm. but she cored it out and then put in... Uh, a one of the most magical ingredients ever, which is Kewpie mayonnaise. Oh yes, yes it is. Which is the perfect mayonnaise. And then just maybe like a splash of like, like a dab of like fish sauce just in it, and it would kind of drizzle down. And then she just slid in one of those long German frankfurters into the hollowed out, like French. I know, just do it. Baguette, baguette. <laughs> but it was amazing because you have that crunch on the outside of a baguette yeah. and then super soft and warm inside. And then you hit that Kewpie mayonnaise and that umami and the dog. It was magical. And we have, Jen and I have to recreate those sometime. They were perfect. The idea yes. of coring out some of the bread makes it a little better because the thing about the long 
skinny dogs is your your meat to bread ratio is yeah. way off mm-hmm. and then you add in other toppings and then there's just it, it gets the dog gets buried mm-hmm. so the the coring out concept i think would make it a little bit more appealing. how do they how do they core out the bread let's just soft white bread you know you just pluck it out probably yeah you know what now that i think about it she might have cut it in half and then hollowed it and then just gave it to you as opposed to it. taking like a really long drill bit and going down yeah, which would be pretty metal, and I would have liked yeah, that more. Now it would say it out loud, but um, but also and I you also can, wouldn't put it past my people. Right, <laughs> you can go to any kind of Japanese store if you can and look for Kewpie mayonnaise. It's magical. Oh, yeah. So no. what what exactly is Kewpie mayonnaise? Kewpie is the brand of mayonnaise. It is Japanese mayonnaise. They went, oh, Americans really like this. Oh, we fix it. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kewpie mayonnaise is fucking amazing. Yeah. Interesting. That's why in all the convenience stores in Japan, you can buy the best egg salad sandwiches anywhere because it's yeah. all made with Kewpie mayonnaise. Kewpie is the secret ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And, and the, the logo is a Kewpie doll on the on the outside of the package. Okay. So that's yeah, why that, it's called, yeah. That checks. Um, speaking of condiments, this might be a good time, a good spot to transition into uh, our other topic for the night. Yeah, well, we've got, let's see, we've got Bill for like, what, another 10 minutes? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Oh, he can be a part of this, too. Okay, about right. developing old school schools uh, skills. Oh, right. Kind of, yeah. The, this whole conversation about America, how much Americans like mayonnaise and this and that got me thinking about how I, I still haven't made my own mayonnaise. Um, I've made a lot of other things, but uh, making things yourself from home, at home from scratch is really popular right now. Uh, it's, it's quote unquote trending. And uh, to the point where they're starting, I'm starting to see a lot of like really cheesy names for it. The one that really like caught my attention in a negative way today was uh, vintage skills. Well, the, the, thing, the article uh, was like nine vintage skills <laughs> that are really coming no. back right now. And it made me want to barf in my mouth a little bit. But it's but it's true, right? A lot of people are like delving into homesteading type activities that they've maybe never even thought about before. Like every other person on my Instagram feed has learned how to bake bread. Right. That's really the thing. That's like it seems like that's the worldwide trend. Mm-hmm. Have you have you delved into some bread making yourself? Not during this thing. I've been making hot like hot dogs has been my thing this time. Like, <laughs> that, and because they're so easy. Like I haven't made any bread. I did make homemade potato chips, by the way. That was a huge ordeal. But I didn't have um I not many I made bread one time and it was fine. Um I also made homemade butter one time and it was really good. Uh, have you thought about trying to make your own hot dogs? No. It's a lot all. of I've done it. It's a lot of oh work my by God. It sure sounds like it. Holy crap. But it is incredibly satisfying when you're done. Were they better than regular store-bought hot dogs? I mean, they, they kind of were. The consistency wasn't perfect, but they did taste better. Wow. Uh, the drawback but, is that... It's artisanal the, now. It was artisanal. The drawback is that it's hard to make anything less than like five pounds of hot dogs. Yeah. So, uh, which is fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll go through five pounds of hot dogs, but... Uh, yeah, just a freezer full of tubed meat when you start making your own stuff. I I was pretty hardcore looking at the uh, the KitchenAid attachment to with the meat grinder. Yeah, that thing. Or, looks or cool. the pasta maker. So I will say the pasta maker is a better deal than the meat grinder one. If you want a good meat grinder, buy a standalone one. 
just and it would just, definitely just get, get more that out there at my house the pasta maker would definitely be more uh be more appreciated amongst right. the household as as an as an entity um meanwhile if i start grinding my own meat i'm the only one who really enjoys it <laughs> um uh, however the thing is that like a lot of the things that i've been picking up or dabbling in are um things I've probably done at least a couple of times in the past. Cause I'm a dabbler I made my first homemade pasta when I was like eight. Um, so it's not like I'm trying to dive into things I've never done before, but a lot of people are, and it feels weird, uh, to see like homesteading as a trend. Right. Mm, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think, um, like we're going to come out better for it? Or do you think we're all going to forget these skills in like a year? I'd like to think so. Um, I mean, I know that me personally, I, I enjoy the time I have, the, the additional time I have in life to do more things myself. Um, but at some point I do have to get another job and then I won't have all <laughs> of my time to do with what I want to do. Right. Um, that, and what she just said. Yeah. And, and again, like depending on the level of responsibility that one has in the workplace or how many spoons they have allotted on, you know, at any given time in their life, X amount of work might not seem like that much to some people, but depending on what it is and depending on your capacities, that drains you and whatever other time you have is then lost to you because right. you no longer have the energy to do those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I love cooking, but I was, I hadn't been the I, I cooked maybe once a week over the past year prior to this just because yeah. I just didn't have it in me. Um, well, do you think you're, are you cooking more now that you're kind of at home? I mean, again, you said like you work from home like I do. So in a weird way, it hasn't changed a whole lot, but. Um, I would say it's about the same. I'm just ordering the amount, um, the rest, you know, I'm ordering a lot more food than I used to order uh, to be delivered. And um, I'm cooking about the same amount, I would say. I mean, now that the summer, now that also that 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 it's summertime and I got the grill out, I'm definitely wrapping <laughs> that up. Right. Well, I know we got to let you go here pretty quick. But what's some of the other things you're you're working on right now? Like that you, are there are other things you can talk about yet beyond kind of your food reviews. You know, I would say like the. I hope to. I hope first of all that the food reviews will be restarting. That we're going to have an opening. We're going to gradually be reopening the food reviews. <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be some new food review videos hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, let's see the other things I'm working out on. I'm actually working on a lot of things, but they're all not coming out for so long that it's not worth the, promoting them. Mm -hmm. I actually have a huge, well, I guess the biggest thing I'm, and I don't have no idea when it's coming out. I did a giant project for audible, uh, which is now going to become like, not, I guess they're, they're doing a lot of original programming on audible these days and they ramped it up and they ordered a 10 episode series for me and I wrote the entire thing which is one of the biggest things. I was 552 pages. It's one of the biggest things I've ever written. Can um, you say what it's about? It, I'm going to just give you a vague description. It is an alternate universe comedy science fiction show about the Kennedy administration uh, in 1969 when if he didn't die. Uh, but it, uh, I can't... That's pretty solid. I wouldn't I'm on get board. It. I hope you like it because it's got a lot of detail. <laughs> it's got a lot. It's swimming with detail if you love that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, um, uh, is it like but, a, is like a full cast series? Full cast. Yeah, hey, we're series? casting right now, actually, and it, I probably shouldn't be talking about it. But go ahead. <laughs> why, why not? Let's publicize it. <laughs> you can stop whenever, so it's fine. All right. Um, and then I'm working on a couple different animated things. What stuff? The stuff that's all 
you know how that kind of stuff is. It's going to be two years before it comes. If there's, if it ever gets ordered, it'll be two years before. Right. This. So just, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, you'll certainly hear about anything exciting like that. Although, I mean, and I know it's a little, a little quick little shift here, but like I actually read an article either today or yesterday about how a lot of production studios are looking towards animation to kind of get them through this because in terms of live production, I don't know of anyone who's going to be comfortable being on set for at least another six months. So I, I read this article. They're like, if you have an animation pitch, you're like, like, get it in, like, get it in now. Clear yeah, it up, get it I in. got, I have a number of them. <laughs> they <all laughs> better. The problem with uh, TV is like, before you go, you got to make, it's not the pitch that's the problem. It's the deal that takes a year or whatever to put together, which you often have to have put it put together before you go in. Mm. No, and I would have pitched this. I have one thing I would have pitched six months ago if we weren't trying to put the deal to get it. I don't know why it's like this, but you have in many cases, you have to have at least some template for the deal put before you can pitch it. And that takes forever. So I got three or four things that are literally just sitting here waiting for lawyers to trade emails and they trade them once every 10 days at, at the fastest. Wow. Nobody cares. Never heard of it. Like, <laughs> it's boring. It's so weird that that's the weird, because like, you know, I, I do comic stuff and usually like the pitch is accepted and then the back and forth happens. Yeah. So the idea of having way, to go in with the deal is so weird. It does happen that way sometimes, but it, it, it I guess it's if you're, if you're doing it by yourself, you can do that. But if you have any other people involved, you can't go in and pitch something and then be, and then at the end, it's going to be like, wait a minute, I get this credit and I get this percentage of the thing. Like, and all the things I'm doing have multiple other people involved. So that's why you got to have the deal sorted out in, in advance. Otherwise you can't sort it out. You can't sort it out later. Wow. Well, that's good to know in case I ever decide to go make a run at the animation side also. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's complicated sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Yeah. Here to have the opportunity to talk about these hot dogs. <laughs> and I know it's such a weird topic to have a guest on for because we've had you on for other reasons, but it's always kind of fun. This is a, I, this really, uh, if, you, if this was about The Simpsons, I wouldn't have anything to say. I got lots of original stuff to say about hot dogs. <laughs> the thing about The Simpsons has already been said. Uh, yeah, and I figure you get asked about The Simpsons enough already. Plus, you had that Washington Post article, like, was it yeah. a month ago? So. You, yes. That was kind of peak Simpsons relevant. I mean, not that they're not relevant, but you know what I mean in terms of like. These are 25 year old episodes. I know. And also like this whole crazy thing with the p pandemic that we predicted the pandemic and, and the murder hornets or whatever. It's like, <laughs> come on, guys, find something else to write about. Oh, yeah. right. Hot dogs. Close to my heart. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'll come back anytime. Thanks for coming. All on. right. Thanks, Bill. Bill. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Whoo. So that was awesome. cool to have Bill on for a little bit. Indeed. I didn't realize that uh, the Simpsons were like the Nostradamus of our time. Oh, have you never read all the times where Simpsons predicted it? No. I'm, I remember that South Park episode that was uh, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Yeah, but, uh, no. Yeah, I've never really spent a lot of time it's kind of terrifying. doing the research. It's kind of terrifying how many things that the Simpsons predicted like decades ago. All of the things. Predicted. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, it, it only makes sense. You know, you're, you, you, a, a show that's been running for that long and it has to be like comedic and timely every yeah. week for like, fuck, how many episodes do they do a year? Like 30, 50? I don't know. Usually it's what, 20, 26, 22 to 26. Is it probably, an average? Probably less run? now, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, like, they're pushing 
20 something years they're over 25 no, they're, they're yeah yeah anyway they've been broadcasting time. since 1989 does mm. that incorporate their like, the year of three standalone series because i know that they used to be like what a segment on the omen did tracy omen? Yeah. Show that used to be a segment does, yeah, so yeah they that... started on tracy omen in 87 and then there was the it was basically the christmas special yeah <laughs> when they got with santa's little helper yeah um yeah, man. I know sometimes it's hard when I like will chat with them. I just want to like ask them about like writing stuff. <laughs> I'm yeah, but I think he was really happy that we talked about hot dogs. No, if you guys I actually too, actually. Uh, now I want to no, I mean if you don't dogs. follow him on Instagram, you really should because his uh, his food reviews are kind of amazing. Uh, I, didn't I, think... real, I didn't realize that I only follow him on Twitter, so I've been actually missing out. I had to like I went back and I was like, look at all this material I hadn't seen. Yeah, you got to check out his Instagram, especially when he does like his Instagram stories. I think one of my favorite ones he did recently before this all kind of shut down, when KFC put out the hot dog chicken or the uh, the the donut chicken sandwich. It was two, missed that two glazed from KFC donuts from KFC. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> They were like Krispy Kreme style donuts, right? Basically, yeah. And he actually showed up in a cowboy hat and a mustache. Even though you can tell it's him, he's like, I don't want anybody to recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the fun part about is like his segments too when he reviews fast food is he'll do it in his car. And depending on how shameful the food is, he'll like, I don't want anybody to watch me eating this. But yeah, with the donut chicken sandwich one, I think he actually went back to his driveway to eat it. And like on the review, he's like, oh no. It's, it's actually good. This is terrible, but it's no. Yeah, no, and I didn't order it, but I was like, oh, I want to try it though. I know. I was reviewing some of his more recent ones, and I, I definitely was tempted by a couple of those things. Yeah. I hated myself for it, but I was tempted. Yeah, I know. One day I've got to try to get him to talk to Mark Bernardin, the guy who co-hosts Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith, and is a mm -hmm. great writer in his own right. Because uh, down in Southern California right now, he's been doing the great chicken sandwich, like March Madness style. So I kind of feel like he and Bill are kind of doing a crossover. So they should they should Ooh. have their own like fast food battle. That would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, and also, I think the Popeye's chicken, the Popeye's chicken sandwich won. The has. one that like people were like waiting in line for hours. So the one good. that was stepping out. That's it. I know it's not like a foreign thing. I think like back in the mid '90s, it was uh, something that maybe like McDonald's or Burger King had going on, where their food would sell out. Yeah. But I, I was not as aware of the world as I was uh, back then as I might be now. I so, remember when Susanville got McDonald's, the French fries would sell out like once a week until they got better at restocking the French fries. <laughs> like you'd literally pull up and they'd have a sign up saying, "We're out of French fries." That's just weird to me, the idea that fast food sells out. Uh, if you are in a tiny podunk town, uh, yes. Because yeah, that Popeye's like, sandwich, that was like a national See, my sister just wrote, it thing. was a nightmare, but we do, because I think she used to work there when they would sell out of French Oh, fries. shit. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. Uh, what else are we going to talk about tonight? I know we kind of rolled right into our guests, so we haven't done the checkup of, like, how are you guys doing? Uh, we could do that now. I'm, well, I'm tired. Gonna go, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and you guys can you guys can check in. Super. Um, so there you go. Right, well, how's your week been, Cable? Um, it's 
Sorry, there's people yelling outside. Oh, super. Um, soon, that's not going to matter. Um, I'm good. Uh, tired. Still been re rearranging a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, no, you're not going to go downstairs. Yeah, I know. I noticed. I noticed I you've got a new backdrop tonight. Yes, it's because we haven't been able to locate the green screen at the moment. But I also like big purple elephants, so you know. I like it. Irma is also hanging out with me. Hi. Hi. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was telling earlier, uh, Aaron earlier before the show, I've had like a weirdly exciting week, but uh, like exciting is relative when you never leave your house. Sure. Like I got a new, I got a new desk chair. Oh, yeah. And, so uh, not the, the thing that you were sitting on before where it was a lot of kneeling and you hated it? Yes. Yeah, uh, it was really hard on my knees because all my body weight is supported by my knees. It was great for my back, right. but my knees are bad, uh, so mm. that was not ideal. This is uh, what's called what's like a standing chair or active sitting. So basically, what is it's active just, sitting supposed to mean? You're engaging your core. So like when you're sitting on a big bouncy ball. Okay. Yeah, that type of thing. Um, oh yeah. Where you're you're sitting down, most of your body weight is supported, but uh, you're unsteady, so you have to engage your body muscles to body muscles uh, to uh, to stay balanced. Uh, uh, so, as opposed can, to your other your brain muscles. Is yep. That, <laughs> I yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just fat. Yeah. Yes. Your brain anyway. is mostly fat. Anyway, so it's a it's a cushion it's a cushioned thingy that you sit on, and it's just on one pole stand it doesn't have four legs it doesn't have wheels and you can either s stand sort of on it uh or it's designed that you can kind of like kick back and it'll pivot and then you can just actually normal sit which sometimes you just need to normal sit sometimes but that was that was a highlight of my week just That's a good a highlight chair. New yeah. chair yeah uh, I, I mean, I do still have the kneeling one because, it's, again, it's good for your back, but I just couldn't – I couldn't use it full-time, which I sort of do now. I spend a lot of time at my desk. Yeah, as much as I love kind of my old, antique, righty, squeaky wooden chair, mm -hmm. it's not comfortable to spend eight hours on. I have. Not surprising. Uh, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's rough. It is uncomfortable, but I love it. Judge my riding chair. I have a vintage uh, desk chair in my garage, um, but I haven't. I stopped using it when I had this table built because the table is taller than like average height. Yeah, apparently this chair now goes for like a grand at antique malls. Like chairs are in worse shape than this one. Wow. But huh. I just can't get myself to get rid of it. Yeah, old, old like chairs have like a really good vibe and quality to them they're great and i've written so many things in this chair that i have a sentimental attachment to it even though my grandma wanted to throw it out she's like we hold this chair it's it squeaks and it's it's uncomfortable throw it out i'm like no you gave my, it to me mine was a gift from uh somebody's grandma whom i used to take care of uh periodically she was just like i don't need it you should take it by the way she yes, was the, the chair is still very loud hold on let me see if i can do this. Oh, yeah, and your sister says you can't sell it anyway, so. Oh, wait, I, oh. I oiled it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took was some So now oil. we're just getting, like, microphone of your butt. 
What? Phone. Super. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, I. Yeah, yeah, I oiled it. That's why it quit squeaking. <laughs> awesome. After after how many years of being a squeaky chair? It's fine. <laughs> uh, how about you, Aaron? What's your how's your week been? Um. Well, first off, it's weird that we do the show on Tuesday now because I'm like, I don't know, it's the week's just started. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely an adjustment period. That is how I felt every Wednesday when it's like, how's your week been? It's like, I, I just came back from my weekend. I just started my week. I don't know. Oh, right. You know how weird it is to wake up on a Thursday morning and not think I have to edit the show? Yeah, Wednesdays are weird. I'm like, I have all day now. What, about, what do I do? What do I do now? Yeah, I don't have to. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not more time. It's just different. It's just a oh, different yeah. day. Yeah, that's it. But it, it, it is, uh, it, it has unsettled my brain. Yeah. But. Uh... I did appreciate yeah. after uh, last Wednesday was our first, um, it was our soft open to being open at Guardian <laughs> right. Games. And it was nice to just come home from that and decompress rather than. You go, have to oh, be God, on. I have, to do this, I have to do this. Yeah, I would yeah. not have been able to be on. I would yeah. have been very, I was grouchy for days. Oh, man. I, uh, ooh, I reorganized my betrayal at the house on the, uh, the house on the hill game. I saw that. So, what yeah. do you think for your organizer? Uh, just like some, a couple of like tackle box connections. Mm -hmm. Like, when you buy the tackle boxes, you can create different parts to them. Nice. Yeah, works out pretty well. And you were sorting your dice the other day. Yes. No, I've been doing a lot of strangely like nerdy OCD stuff that's been weirdly kind of calming. Um, I also, I mean, I, I actually should have saw this coming, but I didn't really expect sorting my dice to like send me down memory lane as much as it did, but it totally did. I could have told you that was going to happen. Yeah, but, but like not in a bad way or anything. Like the same way, like you'll flip through like a photo album and be like, oh, I remember that day or whatever. I mean, like, oh, I remember these purple dice. These were my first like set of D&D dice and I used to have to hide it from mom because D&D was the devil's game. <laughs> but then I found like this red D10, like this opaque red D10. I was like, oh, that's from Dragon Raid. And my mom bought me like this Christian role-playing like box set. <laughs> um, so the Wait, whole- what? Well, the whole gimmick in Dragon Raid is that there was a whole other... By the way, like, Larry Elmore did art for it, the guy who did uh, Dragonlance. So he did okay. all the artwork for, also for Dragon Raid. So the idea is that in Dragon Raid, um, after, after Jesus died on Earth, he had to go to a bunch of other planets. It's very Mormon, actually, now that I think about it. He had to go it to a bunch very of other... Mormon. Yeah, he had to go to a bunch of other planets and, like, basically do it over and over and over and over again. And this planet that is a setting for Dragon Raid um like again like he always has to be like killed so he can like whatever be the savior and give my blood up and stuff but in the dragon raid setting uh the dragons were all evil they were all the agents of lucifer they were basically these demons on earth and um the way he gave himself up in this game setting as he turned into a giant waterfall and he let the dragons evaporate him and then his misty essence went out into the world but all these people, the good people, which were called the light bringers, they were like the people that would fight against the evil whatever in Dragon Raid. Hmm. But anyway, 
his promise to the light bringers is that if you hold up my crystal gem, which was the D10, if you hold it to the light, you will see basically the star of David inside the gem. Because if you hold the D10, if you look through a D10 and the pointy ends, uh-huh. it does make a star of David when light goes through it. And he was like, that is my promise to you, the light bearers, that I will always be there as you fight the forces of evil. So in that game, they had like the ranger class, they had the fighter, like they had like kind of traditional fantasy classes, but like they had, there was no wizard or sorcerers because that's evil, you know, so. But every class <laughs> could cast spells in the game, but to cast the spells, spells. And they had spells like, they would call it like divine strike. It was clearly lightning bolt. It was like, you know, it was like the almighty's rage. It was clearly fireball. Like it was right. It was like totally what it was, but to cast them, you couldn't just say, oh, my character casts divine strike with whatever, depending on how powerful the spell was, that was how much of the Bible verse you had to memorize. And if you, know, you, oh my God. If you couldn't read, if you couldn't read the verse, oh. rationalize no, no. your own bullshit. No, it wasn't Just, that at all. It was the game mechanics itself. That's what I loved about it. No, I I get that, but it it's like, how is that any different? It, it's the same argument that so we're having on. now with Here's with funny. them, where they go, no, I'm not afraid of this invisible thing that I can't see. There's no real thing. It's like, oh, you mean like God? <laughs> no, but here's what cracked me up. So, like, one day, my mom hears me, like, practicing, because I want to be able to, when I play this game, I want to be able to cast, like, the really biggest spells. And some of them take, like, a half page. Like, it's oh. a lot of verse to memorize. Oh, Lord. So I'm, like, 12 years old, though, and my mom hears me, like, screaming at the top of my lungs, because I'm also getting into character. So <laughs> cut to me on my bed, like, memorizing this verse, and I'm, like, at my bed, my eyes. Like, I probably looked evil, which was kind of hilarious. So I remember- you were reciting the Bible, so it was all okay. Yeah, but I was really getting into it. And it was a super smiteful passage, I think. (laughs) I was super excited about it. By the way, uh, Dragon Raid had feats before any other game did. Oh, wow. Yeah, that game had feats in it. I remember, because one of them was called Hatred of Evil. And you couldn't have, the only way you could use a two-handed sword or a trident is if you had the feet hatred of evil because they were Mm. such powerful weapons. But anyway, it freaked her out. So she took the entire box set from me and took it to our pastor at the time. Um, His name was Sparky and he was the guy that wound up getting me into D&D, much to my mom's chagrin. <laughs> Your pastor's name was Sparky? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. where I, I that's... got hung up on. Yeah. No, he, forget, he the, like... forget the Christian yeah, propaganda a, D&D so. machine. No, no, he His was His like... name was Sparky? Even I as think... a nickname for a pastor, that's... Uh, no, was like this the... is where I draw the line. No, but he was like that cool kind of like I'd rather... He... You'd show up to church and he was playing like Billy Joel. But when the congregation showed up, he was like, oh, and he would change to like gospel music because he was afraid people would uh-huh. get him for playing rock music. Uh. So like he takes this box, my mom takes this box set to him and she's like, I don't know how I feel about it. It still has fantasy, blah, 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 blah. And finally he looks at her, by the way, in his office, like his bookcase behind his desk, in between all his religious books, he also has all the Shinra books, Like, all the different, like, you know, the Wizards of Shinra titles. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got them all back there. They're his favorite books. And finally, he was... So he was a closet nerd. 
No, he didn't hide it at all. No, no. I take it back. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He didn't hide his nerdery like at all. Like I remember sometimes like after church, people would want to talk to him about the sermon and he would like pull me aside and he's like, did you watch Ninja Turtles last week? (laughs) (laughs) No, he was a total nerd. Uh, And he finally told her, he's like, Rose, the worst thing your son wants to do is pretend to be an elf and like fight dragons. Maybe, maybe chill. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's a lot worse things he could be into than wanting to spend Friday nights in your home not going anywhere, pretending to be an elf. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I have parents that come to me with like, my son's just doing nothing but like smack and doesn't ever come home. He's like, but you're worried that he's playing D and D. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I remember Did like the last thing advice? I remember doing with that group, whatever it was. Um, we had like a Halloween like youth group party. And myself and my one of my friends then were the only people that were there afterwards. Like all the parents had picked all the kids up and we're still hanging out at the church doing like whatever. It was a Halloween youth group overnight thing. And he's like, he had rented like a bunch of like quote safe movies for the kids to watch. Although one of them was Lady Hawk, which I don't know. I think if you're 10 years old and you've got some maybe like super conservative, like worried parents, like Lady Hawk might be a hard sell, but he didn't tell anybody. That's where I first saw Lady Hawk. It was awesome. I was like 10. But like everyone had gone home and finally he looks, he looks at me and he's like, hey, Eric, does your, does, your, does your mom let you watch like our movies sometimes? I'm like, well, it depends. Why is it art? He's like, do you think you should be okay with you watching Rambo 3? I'm like, oh yeah, totally. He's like, oh good. Because this has to go back later today. So let's go watch Rambo 3. Was that true? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. She, she was cool with you watching yeah, Rambo. Rambo 3 would have been fine. I feel like I'm the only person I know my age whose parents did not care about ratings. If they were watching it, I was watching it. Unless it was past my bedtime. No. I don't know. I mean, no. My mom was like pretty. Oh, see, my sister's shaking her head. She was strict when I was a kid. Well, that's the thing. Is like You've heard some stories about how strict my mom was. My mom wouldn't let me see Goonies. Why, what was wrong with Goonies? I don't know. I couldn't watch Goonies until my mom was out of town for the weekend and my dad rented it and said, don't tell your mom. Which is weird because it's now one of her favorite movies. I have no idea why I wasn't allowed to go see Goonies in the theater. The, yeah, I there can't. Were pirates? I don't know. Oh yeah, the Simpsons were totally not allowed. I mean, I know Mama Fratelli is a little scary, but I, I just, I can't. I don't know. I can't picture it. No, no, that's like my mom. I, like you've heard my uh, like how strict my mom was, but rated like you know adult rated movies. Is it because like there were kids and they swore in it? I don't know because like that she didn't want you to pick up that no, that's not it either. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Sax says uh, uh, his mom was opposed to anything that had skeletons in it when he was little. I'm oh. trying to think, like, <laughs> your sister said she probably just didn't want you trying to go out and find that ship. <laughs> I mean, that's that's very true. That I would believe. She just didn't want you yep. getting ideas. <laughs> yep. Kitty. I did used to I did used to bury stuff in our backyard. See, there it I, is. But I would create my own pirate maps. The problem was that I wasn't good at cartography. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently to this day, when my mom goes to like do something in the yard, she'll text me. She's like, So I found a spoon. 
wonder how that got there. I'm like, I don't know. To this day? Yeah. That's kind of magical. I used to bury a lot of stuff in the backyard. Because I then tell- I would, because I, so I would draw the map first and then I'd go bury it. But then Happy Adventure would be to make the map look all old and distressed. So I would burn it. <laughs> and it and Which by the way, all this comes from me watching Romancing the Stone. You, I saw you uh, posted about that the other yeah, day. Yeah, I, I, when I watched yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much this movie imprinted on me, the whole, the, you know, the hunt for El Corazon. Um, yep, yeah. that makes sense. So, uh, that checks out. Yeah, so in our tire corner lot, there's stuff buried. I mean, I never, I never took stuff that was really expensive, but a lot of silverware got buried. Didn't your mom oh, wonder what yeah. happened to all the silverware? No, no, she knew. Yeah, no, she knew. And then she was like, you have to go find it. I'm like, I can't find it. Because <laughs> you're bad at maps. <laughs> I buried the treasure too well. <laughs> I was going to laugh at you about the map, about making making your own uh, treasure maps. But when I was a kid, uh, I, for a brief period of time, made... Um, like, I guess, like, little zines, but they would have puzzles in them. So, like, I would design my own, um, uh, you know, like, maze. Mm -hmm. Mazes and word searches uh, and other other little puzzles of that style. So. Yeah, that's fine. It's probably dorkier than your map business, to be honest. Uh, I don't know, because I didn't just draw regular maps. Like, they looked like pirate maps. So, like, even in my own yard, I wrote, like, oh, care. I was like, here be dragons, where, like, the shed was. <laughs> I mean, I read your books. Sure. Apparently, Wait, th- that's I where dragons the shed, were. I thought the shed was where um, Harry Baby lived. No, Harry Baby lived in our neighbor's, wasn't technically a shed. It was a barn where they also parked their boats. Oh, the barn. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's where Harry Baby still lives by the way not lived still lives oh sorry they just have a good concrete slab now so harry baby can't get out yeah my sister's like that barn's still there and he still lives (laughs) it'll mess you up don't even get me started on timber joe which when i first first moved to portland threw me off because the timbers guy is timber joey but timber joe was a giant snake in Susanville that was the size of a tree. Why is his name Joe? I don't know. But when he doesn't move, he looks just like a pine tree. That's why anyone killed by Timber Joe, there's no witnesses because it's like the tree just falls on them and then they're eaten by by Timber Joe. Maybe that's why it's called Timber Joe because that's how he kills people, like a falling tree. Oh, maybe. That that, that makes sense. There's some logic to that. Oh, yeah. if, if you are that the size of a tree. the timber part, not the Joe part. I don't know either. Oh, I mean, yeah, why is, I mean why is he called Harry Baby? Because he was super hairy even as a baby. And he was so evil that when he was born, he killed his mom right out of the womb. Duh. Oh. And he's immune uh. to everything except paper cuts. By the so way, you can only why, attack him. By the with... way, that's why in the first Grizzlydale book, the Eric uses like paper to cast spells because that's me tantaling. The only thing that could hurt Harry Baby were paper cuts. And literally, all of us used to ride our bikes by that barn. We would keep pristine pieces of paper in our pocket in case we had to fight Harry Baby. 
I love it. <laughs> this is magic. Yeah. Oh, the most terrifying night ever was when like a cat had gone into the barn to give birth to kittens. Oh no. And, and the sound that came out that night when I was like eight years old, I'm in bed like, oh my God, that was it. <laughs> Do cats make a lot of noise when they're giving birth? Yes. I've never, I, I mean, I mean, humans do, and a cat does it like six times in a night. Yeah, but humans are weak. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. I've I've never been in the same place as a cat giving birth, uh, but I've also, but I have seen like video, and I don't recall there being a lot of horrifying noises. (sighs) Yeah, there are. Especially when you're already afraid of everything that's in the woods is out to get you. you And also whatever is under the bed. So I was like, I couldn't go anywhere. I was just trapped (laughs) in the corner. Uh, Like a, like a, just like a worse version of the, the floor is hot lava. Um, Yeah. Except mine was the floor was knives. Do you think that if you had not lived in such a secluded area that you would have had that same fear of the woods? I don't know. Like I actually, I love the woods. But, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I actually don't have a fear of the woods. I actually like go out in the woods. I like going camping and stuff. I think it's just, I don't know. I think part of it is I always had an incredibly active imagination. And there was a big chunk of my life where, like, I was, I was like, by myself. I didn't, like, my sister wasn't born yet. I didn't have any friends there. So I created my own stories in my head, <laughs> um, <laughs> for better or worse. But also, like, I don't think, unless you grow up in, like, not even in a small town, if you live in the town, unless you grow up in, like, a super rural, secluded area, and even though my neighborhood had people around it, like, the amount of silence and darkness that happens in the woods, to where, like, now, when I go home to visit my mom, like, I have to put on noise. I can't. Like, the, like, the utter quiet is unnerving like, uh, i can hear the house i like i it's just unsettling how quiet it is i guess that makes sense because when i've stayed in remote places like that it, it's it's not unsettling but it's weird because especially if you live in more urban areas where there's always noise it you always. know even if you don't love it always it's it there's always something and the complete quiet is uh you hear every little thing, and it's booming. Um, me. Back in the day, like Christian would go out of town, and I'd be home alone, and I'm getting drunk, and then I'm hearing weird noises. It could just be like the, the settling house noises, or maybe there's a cat in my backyard, and I'm like, oh, oh, what's what's happening? Because it's dark and it's quiet, and I'm alone. It it's no different from any other night, except that I can hear the few noises that there are more clearly than when you're not alone or when other stuff isn't going on. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's just so quiet in the forest that when you're lying in bed, like your heartbeat shouldn't be the loudest thing you hear. <laughs> and it is. And it's completely unsettling. Um, but it also didn't help that it wasn't completely pitch black uh, when I grew up in my room because the neighbor that had hairy baby also had this giant like street light 
that was this sickly green color. So everything was cast in this like messed up green haze. That's worse than if it were just totally dark. But then totally <laughs> silent. So like you'd hear like a squirrel move outside, but it was amplified. But it was also like you were living in like some like Stephen King hellscape because everything was sickly green. <sighs> yeah, I can see where that would definitely like mess you up a, just a little bit, but forever. Yep. And then there was a <laughs> demon. And then there was a demon next door. In the totally. Bar. There's a bunch of haunted places where I grew up, at least in my head. There's the witch's barn down the block. Everyone was swore that there was a witch that would stare at you from the top of the barn. The closest thing to something My sister doesn't haunted. remember that one. I don't think that, that was before her time. Mm. And then the closest thing to a haunted site or a place or thing when I was a kid was uh, at my first elementary school, there was this um, there was this really gnarly tree yeah. out in the we had so there was like the school building or buildings, and then there was the playground, and then there was just like a large field, and then everything had a fence around it. And if you had to go out a ways into the field, and it was close to the fence, it was just this gnarly old tree. Uh, it was just right. really, I think it was like maybe dying or rotting or something and so it was just really gross looking and it had like this black sap that would seep out of it and all of the kids were convinced that it was something to do with bloody mary oh yeah no bloody mary's everywhere uh, um but it was something like she she died horribly and was trapped inside the tree but then there was still the business with the mirror right I wish I could remember the details, but yeah, like the you, it, kids were afraid of getting too close or touching the tree because it, it was Bloody Mary. Like that was her body trapped inside yeah. this gnarled tree. And that's why the sap was black is because it was, you know, All right, so, evil so, blood. So what's worse, Bloody Mary or Candyman? <sighs> I will say Candyman I, mess with me more. I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, you know it's coming out again. A sequel. I think technically it's a prequel? No. No, it's a sequel. It's, right, it's but there's the something there's something weird about it okay. though. They're ignoring the I think they're ignoring the third movie. I think they're going yes. one, two, yes, and then that's what it is. They're they're decanonizing the third because that's, that's part of it like because Cabrini Green in Chicago has been completely like gentrified mm. but Candyman's still there Be my does it take place in Chicago yeah Caprini yeah. Green why did I think it's it's been a really long time since was, I've seen it it was supposed to be a um, it was about the projects Okay. Well, did, did Clyde Barker, did he write it about Caprini Green, though, or is he just writing about projects? Because it's a Clyde Barker story, right? Yeah. That I didn't remember. I didn't know I that Clyde Barker was involved with Candyman in any way. I don't know why, but I thought I remember it being something that takes place in New Orleans. No. No. What am I thinking of? Ugh. Or I mean, I'm probably just conflating different There's things. There's actually never been, not that I can recall, a really good horror movie that takes place in New Orleans, which is strange because that's a messed up history. Um, 
the the coven season of American Horror Story takes place in New Orleans, and it's pretty good. It so was based probably one of the best ones. Candyman I'm also laughing right based- now that our I'm laughing that like our Zoom is filling up because something feels like it. And this seemed like a pretty good place to uh, take a quick little break and talk to you about some of our fine sponsors. Uh, First off, Bridge City Comics. As we said, new comics are now shipping once again from Diamond. Uh, (laughs) um, So, but uh, Bridge City Comics is still not traditionally open to the public, but they are still doing mail order. Uh, Every week, they post up uh, the new books for that week over on BridgeCityComics.com. So just fill out the Google form right there, whatever you're looking for, and then click submit, and then you'll get an email back saying you want to do the card over the phone or PayPal, you know, via the internet or whatever. Wow, it's a lot of editing today. Uh, (laughs) uh, Hint, use PayPal. It's super easier on everyone who works at the comic book shop. Anyway, please check them out. Go to BridgeCityComics.com. There are tons of fantastic new monthly titles that are beginning to drop and some trades and graphic novels that maybe got pushed back a few months. They're now, they're now, they are now starting to make their way down the pipeline. So uh, get your get your comic reading back on because uh, we're still going to be at this for a while and chances are pretty good in about a month. It's all going to hit the fan again and you're going to wish you had more comics to read. Anyway... <laughs> Check them out, BridgeCityComics.com. And then before we get back to it, a special shout-out to our other sponsor, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. I do believe they are open again, however, with very strict social distancing guidelines. If you simply must go down to the store to pick out your games, don't be a dick about it, and just pick up your games and leave. Uh... I don't think they are doing single card sales yet. That's still a little too hands-on, so don't get all annoyed if you can't get that one, like, rare Planeswalker. Just, you know what? Deal. You know what? Be more creative with your deck building. Build a deck out of commons. Dorks. <clears throat> and if you got that entire reference, then you should be getting stuff at Guardian Games. <laughs> 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland. They are, I believe, still doing curbside pickups, so uh, you can also just email them. Go to the Guardian Games website or facebook.com forward slash Guardian Games and, uh, Put your message in there. And before we get back, again, uh, a special shout to RevNats, who has been hooking us up with some good equipment. So we have a lot, so we have some better audio quality during these self-isolation times. And uh, also, you know, keeping us lubricated, which is also very necessary in these times. Anyway, let's get back to a rather stunted ending to Geek in the City Radio this week. Yeah, good job. It was weird because there's a listener named Katie who looks a lot like that. Oh, I was just about to say there is one person. There's like one unfamiliar face left, but yeah. they don't appear to be doing anything. So it's All right, cool. We're recording again. I guess I have a lot of work to do tomorrow. Uh, sorry about that. All right. Um, it was still cool to have Bill. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it sucks that we can't have a more public forum because kids are dickholes. Yep. Uh, but anyway, they're bored. They're un. They're no one's attending to them. Although I don't think a lot of them. What about kids. the rest of the time in the world? This is stuff that little shits do all the time. So I yes, don't. <laughs> because no one is paying attention to them. Mm. I, I know this because I inter. Well, when we were back in the olden days, I used to <laughs> in interact the with them on a weekly basis. Mm. Um, there is something to be said for putting the fear of. Well, me 
into them. <laughs> right. Also, I should have been using that time to get a refill. I'll be back in two seconds. Right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Woo. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. They they understand. They all know. Yeah. Thankfully, okay. this is this is the only time I ever really advertise the show, like the Zoom thing. Because mm -hmm. the last thing I need to be like teaching writing to eight year olds and have one of those jump in again. So Yeah. <sighs> oh yeah. So that was fun. I guess we're just lucky it took that long so it didn't interfere with our interview portion. Yeah, I mean these are people who really wanted to troll because there's not a link. They had to type it in. Uh, oh, Greg drew Harry, baby. That's about right, but his his mouth is bigger. Which, <laughs> Gross. But other than that, it's right. <laughs> also, the weird thing, um, not in the book, but in the myth of where I grew up, he's also blue. Hmm. To better blend into the night. Like the hair was blue or his skin was blue? The hair was blue. No one ever saw its skin. So he was like Bebo. Kind of, or like an evil cookie monster. Sure. Like if Cookie Monster was a vampire and had red eyes that weren't googly. <laughs> that was and, all, and never really ate anything, but just kept throwing it in his mouth. Oh no, he ate things. Human <laughs> flesh. Bebo want hugs. Um. Well, we okay. can do a quick Star Girl if we want, although we are kind of getting close to the time anyway, even with having to edit out all the horrible racial slander that someone used. Yep. Um, the internet is garbage. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thoughts. Who wants to go first? I enjoyed it. Um, I, I think this immediately pokes a hole in there is only one Earth in the um, CWDC universe. Um, although the ending of um, Crisis kind of also showed that Stargirl was going to be on another Earth, as was Swamp Thing, as was um, Titans. Titans, as yeah. was Doom Patrol. Although that's probably not going to be true for Swamp Thing anymore. Ooh. Yeah, he's going to show up. I don't know what I Kevin. I can't tell me. what that is, Kevin. Oh, it's his hairy baby costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Creepy. Uh, I think also, I basically think any show that started on the DC app is considered a different universe. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how they're doing it. Yes, but... but oh, since, is, this a, is this an app-only show? Yes, Star one Girl, thing was. I did not but realize Star that. Stargirl was meant to be, and then they gotcha. moved it to CW. Oh, that makes a lot more sense, yeah. actually. Yeah, because okay. Stargirl was kind of one of, like, a Jeff Jones, like, personal project. Like, Berlanti was on board, but... This is the Jeff Johns jam, 100%. Shocking. And, I know, right? <laughs> and clearly CBS wasn't going to spend money on another superhero show, even nope. though Constantine was great. Um, so yeah, this went, this, and this isn't like a, a dig on the quality, but it was meant to be for the DC app. Mm -hmm. Seed? No. No, not CWC. Oh, oh sorry. The uh, DC, yeah, my brain DC is just online, not. DC Online, is that what Yeah, called? which is clearly going to get absorbed by HBO Max. Yes. Like, mm. it's, yeah. Which I'm probably going to get. 
I'm probably going to get it too. I was in the middle of watching The Wire, which I'd never seen before, uh, only to find out that HBO shows on Hulu was a temporary thing. Yeah. You know, to kind of rope you in like back in the day. Um, but then we found that on Amazon. Like, okay, well, we can finish watching it on Amazon. And then one day it wasn't there anymore either. Same thing, I assume, because HBO is an add-on option on a lot of different streaming services. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll do a, the HBO. You get seven days for free. I only have a season and a half left. I can power through and finish that in, in that many days. But now there's like 17 other shows I want to watch. So. Right. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot on HBO. I mean, I feel like between Disney Plus and HBO Max, that's the bulk of the major movie studios now, which is actually kind of sad. Yeah. That just leaves what Paramount, and because I think I think they're doing something. I haven't heard and NBC Universal. That's going to be Peacock. That's the Peacock net. That's the Peacock streaming. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, and that's NBC Universal. Disney Plus has, of course, Disney, National Geographic, and the Fox Library. HBO Max is all Warner Brothers, which is pretty substantial. Um, Yeah, Talina says maybe Paramount's and CBS All Access. Maybe, because they do work together a lot. That makes Mm. sense. Which I deactivated for the time being. I just wasn't using it. Oh, we, I use it a lot. I use it a lot more than I thought I would. A, like I said, um, I watch Let's Make a Deal and Price is Right every morning mm-hmm. as my comfort. Like I have coffee and I have a little, it's like an hour and a half, both shows, because there's no commercials and I just, it's just comforting. Um, but then I watch a lot of MacGyver in the background. A lot of MacGyver and a lot of Perry Mason. Uh... I was watching a bunch of that uh, Worst Cooks show that you got me woefully hooked on. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very love-hate situation there. Uh, uh, Clone Wars I watch while I'm doing other things, which I think does it a disservice. I'm not yes, absorbing it as well as I could be. As I should be. Yeah. But anyway, I guess we should go back to Stargirl. Um, right. Right. Uh, I thought it was pretty charming. A little maybe a little tropey in terms of you know superhero origins it on tv was but i kind of thought that was a point of this one since it's all so steeped in golden age style superheroes i i thought it was interesting the way that uh starman uh had uh, a costume that very much looked like something out of the justice league animated series whereas everyone else in those early scenes or like in the photograph uh look uh, had a much more of a modern superhero vibe in terms of like color and aesthetic. Which is funny because they're all based on golden age superheroes. Like yep. even in that show, like right, look, which is funny. Um, Joel McHale was a weird get. I, and I was like, well, <laughs> my I, thought was like, well, it is supposed to be ten years ago. I think that's supposed to be. I, I like. I feel that's deliberate. And I feel like this is not the last time we've seen Joel McHale as Starman. I think we're getting a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think he was hired solely for, for the delivery. Like, that was Jeff Winger as a superhero, if ever I have seen one. Yes. He's um, handing over the staff, and he's like, seriously, not you. It, it should go not to you. someone. Someone <laughs> with power and courage and understanding. Not you. 
and seriously and is no. very brave <laughs> but again i'm not talking about you that was something that i that i did not expect is when they reveal that uh stripey that's a ter- that is in fact Stripesy. a terrible Stripesy. Stripesy. It's definitely a terrible uh, superhero or a side. It's, it's still bad. I'm, yeah. I'm confirming yeah. that is all. Um, it seems like he never knew Starman's true identity or secret identity, his, his, his muggle self. I, we don't know. Like, everything that he just told us is true. I don't... I am not 100% clear on uh, Courtney Fordham's backstory. So I don't know if she ever, did she have a connection to Starman? I think she did. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, well, cause. It, <coughs> oh, I guess it's not, it's not confirmed necessarily that Starman. Cause it's the. Is or is not her father. Right. Yeah. Well, and cause it's the, the same cosmic rod from the Starman series that was it Jeff Roberson who wrote it or Robinson? No, that was Tony Harris. Tony. I thought he was the artist. Tony Harris was the artist. Roberson didn't write that. Um, was it James Robinson? Robinson, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is a good series, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's the same uh, Power Cosmic staff that she has in JSA eventually. Which is different than the Cosmic Rod that the Starman of the Golden Age had. Yeah, which looked more like a mace mm-hmm. than a, huh, like a, like a rod rod, yeah. Um, I, I like the I like the the staff rod or whatever, uh, whatever it's called, has a. Oh, Hisham just said James Robinson is a producer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, huh. there you go. And I also think because he could finally reveal the picture. I think is Pete Woods the is did Pete Woods design Stripe? He may have, because he's been having to not show this picture, and he just revealed it like three days ago. His whole family were on set and posing in front of Stripe, which by the way, they built a 15 tall robot, 15 foot nice. tall robot for like some of like the hero shots where she's going to, cause there's apparently there's going to be scenes where she's going to be hanging out on Stripe's shoulder, which is such classic star and Stripe. Mm-hmm. So that was a reveal. Yeah. I feel like the first episode is really, the pilot really should have been, I think episode one and two from what I've read. I've only seen one, but everything I've read, they said you, one and two should be taken as one long pilot, the way it's set up. That makes mm. sense. Yeah. Uh, I think that Avatar works that way. Yeah. I know we're not going to mm. talk about that tonight, but... I know, uh, I got to start it still. Definitely watch two episodes, though. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I think the, I think the one thing that you mentioned, being about how it kind of has the superhero tropes is one of the standout things that I enjoyed about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the camera work felt like for lack of a better term, felt like kind of like Raimi light. And there were a few times the soundtrack had that Danny Elfman like, da 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 da. I'm like, oh, this is like superhero movies from the late 80s, early 90s. Everything is like, dun da da. Like everything's yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't like, want to I'm imply like, that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I guess that maybe I would have been better served to say like it was very classic feeling. Um, yeah, because the CW shows, can, as much as I love them, they can be kind of modern in their superhero telling. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Star I had, was like, not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me think of uh, when Matt Fraction was talking about the series premiere of The Flash. And I thought, I, in my memory, The Flash, like, 
in its first season was actually pretty like fun having. Uh, mm-hmm. But Matt Fraction reminded us that uh, he's obsessed with his mom's killing and uh, is replaying the the imagery over and over and over again. That's pretty fucking dark. Um, uh-huh. So uh, in that sense, uh, yeah, the 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 Star Girl episode is is very classic, uh, and and charming. Right. Like you can you can tell that she's gonna have a lot of fun uh, developing into this super person. Uh, the combination of the gymnastics I don't know if that's original to the character, mm-hmm. it is. but I think it, it works. It is. I I don't think I would have ever thought of that that way reading the comics though. No. Until mm. get seeing like seeing it on screen, it's like. Oh, of course. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> ah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that, I, like I said, I didn't know if it was original or not, but it makes a, a lot of sense if, if this is how the, the character's superhero style is, like, it's going to have that type of physicality, then mm-hmm. it makes sense for the character to have an athletic background of that, of that type, of that variety. So I think, I, I think that they'll have a lot of fun with that as well. Right. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Luke Wilson. He was very Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, he's not really an actor anymore. He's just Luke Wilson. And that, right. I, I, I thought that maybe he was just going to be, you know, I guess I part, of the, part of that beginning part, but now I'm, it seems like he's going to be a regular component. Oh, yeah, he's still the sidekick. Right. <laughs> yeah, even if he drives the giant robot, he's still the sidekick. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, what you said about Luke Wilson, I always think of for Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson never plays a character to me. He's just Owen Wilson. I, he's worse. He's definitely like more so the case in that, but uh, I think they both have that your friend Billy essence about wow. them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Listen to your friend Billy Zane, man. <laughs> Oh, I want to watch Zoolander now. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> oh, Sack brings up uh, some interesting points. Uh, he says he misses season one Flash, uh, and that a lot of CW shows, uh, se- or well, some of them seem to have established likable characters in the beginning, and then since then coasted on goodwill. Mm. Uh, and that Arrow comes to mind. Um, yeah. I've I've felt that way about this entire season of Supergirl. I still haven't finished it, but it's, they have been a lot more focused on every character that isn't Supergirl or (laughs) Alex or Dreamer for that matter. Like they focused on everybody else. You mean that in a good way? No, I don't. Hmm. I'm just, it's just weird that I'm actually watching less TV now. I thought I'd watch, I thought I was like, oh, I'll catch up on my shows. No, I'm watching. I'm watching a lot of TV, but I can't say that it's a lot of quality time. I mean, maybe that's it. Like, I'm under a constant stress at all times that when I do watch TV, I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to think. So, hence a lot of cooking shows and ghost adventures. I gotta stop watching so many cooking shows though, because I just want to eat a lot. Uh, I am looking forward to when Worst Cooks comes back to Hulu with the Alton Brown season. Which season is that? I think it's the one they just now wrapped up. So okay. been, it's been live, but not on Hulu yet. Because I, I noticed go, season seven wasn't. But 
I would there. go on Twitter sometimes and I would see people complain about how they're not liking this season of Worst Cooks because, quote, Alton Brown is so mean. And I'm like, I kind of want to see that. Kitchen Daddy. No, because he, yeah. Which is funny because I kind of think that Chef Anne can be pretty brutal. She is not nice, um, but... She I, wants to win. Like, that's it. Like, she wants to right, win. Right, right. There's a lot of pride in this for her. And for, in this for her, you can tell that this whole show is her baby. This show um, is hers, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, when it comes to work, like, like being a restaurateur is not one of those industries where you can be the cuddly, caring boss. No, you no. gotta get that shit done. And you can't fuck around because you're gonna fucking chop off your finger. You're gonna burn the shit. You're gonna ruin the thing. <laughs> It's not an environment for the warm and fuzzies. And I, <laughs> I get that she's a little intense. I've had other people mention that before, but I know exactly why she has to be that way. Meanwhile, said, you've got that Rachel my race. Said, my sister said, you just sounded like Anne. Maybe that's why I support her, her <laughs> attitude. Um, I, can I, actually I, see you. I can actually see the show going, get it done, chop it, get it going. What I do feel that the show lacks is more teachable moments or whatever the non-douchey way of saying that is. Yeah, and they're um, probably taught, but when it's edited, it's made to look, it's gotta be entertaining. But I would love to see that. I would love to see them actually being shown. Okay, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. Here's like just some basic technique stuff. I know that yeah. they do some of that, but like, if you don't know, like, show those kids how to, use, how to cut an avocado because some of them have never even seen an avocado. Yeah. And so I think that like, a lot of basics are taken for granted. Uh, and then the contestants are just, they just seem so lost. But, uh, or maybe they did and they're just that fucking lost. <laughs> the, the last one I watched was pretty great. Was, it was like the first episode. So it's always when they're at their worst. <clears throat> this guy's trying to cut a steak. And finally Ann says, uh, I don't say his name was Steve. She's like, Steve, Steve. How about you try cutting with the other side of the knife? When he like what he was cutting. No, but first he was trying to cut with the sheath still on. Mean. Yeah. And then he took the sheath off and tried to use it backwards. So he really, <laughs> really could not. And he was like, I've never used a knife like this before. Cause it's covered in plastic. Yeah. Oh God. I, just, I love uh, that. And then we just watched the celebrity one, the one with um when Robin Givens wanted to make the three cheese mashed potatoes. And uh, she and one of the cheeses she added was mozzarella, which anyone who cooks a lot knows how that's going to turn out. <laughs> so you see her, you just, and it's pretty great. Like they do the cutaway and she's like, and then something happened. Something happened. And it cuts to her trying to make mix the mashed potatoes. And it just looks like it's just mozzarella. And watching Anne's reaction to her, like she couldn't be mad. She was like, you could see her on camera being like, that's legitimately the funniest thing I have ever seen in a kitchen ever. She had that look of like, what did you do? Also, that's so absurd. I can't be mad about it. It just has transcended anger and has become absurdity. Uh, it was interesting for me to have watched the most recent season. I think it's like 15. And I then go like back. like 19 now, but yeah. To the, uh, well, what's available anyway. Right. Um, and then go back. I could only go. I think it only goes back to season four, yeah, on Hulu. But still, it's 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 interesting to see that evolution. It's fun to watch. It's funny the show. 
the show doesn't now we're just talking about worst cooks on this show whatever uh, yeah and spending more time on it than star girl by the but way i'm sorry <laughs> Girl was fun it was it was fun. it was i i uh, i'm looking forward to continuing with that yeah I've seen that show. I don't know anything about the cooking shows you're talking about. I, I it, find cooking shows very calming to me. Not this one. This one is oh. not calming. This one makes me angry. Yeah. I will also mainline Cutthroat Kitchen all day long. Um, well, we okay, should well, probably wrap up the show here. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, any, any last thoughts on Stargirl? Because that's what we were <laughs> supposed to be talking about. Uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to flesh out the supporting characters. This was very much Stargirl and uh, Stripey. So, Stripesy. Stripesy. There's an extra <clears throat> S in there. I mean, you can kind of see the CW building the Scooby gang, which is what they all kind of do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they're just so. working their way up to uh, the, ju- the Hall of Justice, right? Well, <sighs> I don't know. I mean... I mean, yeah, something. I'll be curious to see if this show progresses, if they bring in more updated Golden Age characters. Mm. Who is... What, I, I don't know. that was the goal. I would hope so. I didn't really know. I don't really know anything about the uh, the current presumed antagonist. The guy Brainwave. in the... the... Brainwave. Yeah. yeah. His name is Brainwave. He Even seems for pretty... JSA, he's a weird villain. Is he? I, 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 in my mind, he seemed pretty classic bad guy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, look, we got Solomon Grundy, so I'm I'm in. Yeah, but are we going to get him again? I hope so. We have to. Solomon Grundy can't die. I mean, all those other people died. But Solomon Grundy's already dead. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. Ah, uh, okay. Born I see. On a Monday, died. Right, right, right. I. Yeah. He's undead. Yes, yes he's a, officially a zombie. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I'm definitely gonna keep watching it. Uh, I do I do appreciate they kind of gave a weird out for the Flash because you just saw the helmet but not him. Mm-hmm. So in my head, something happens in that fight and he wound up on Earth too. I it's that Flash with the. I wasn't the looking. Hat. I wasn't looking at the screen at the moment, but Christian was watching it with me, and he said, "Oh, it's such and such universe Flash." So I just assumed it was a different Flash. Because despite, you know, like Supergirl was only on Earth 2, there are multiple flashes on, or at least there used to be multiple flashes on different Earths. So I didn't really, it just just felt like a throwaway to me. That's what he was saying, is it's not the Barry Allen flash, it was the Jay Garrick flash. The Jay Garrick flash. Which has that particular helmet. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying like, oh, they like also kept it vague by if you want to be super nerdy and ha- want to be super nerdy, have some fun. Try to hunt down the JSA Elseworlds uh, books called the Liberty Files, mm-hmm. because if you watch first episode of Star Girl, the thing that is showing in the theater on the marquee it says the Liberty Files. Huh. That's mm. got to be intentional. Okay, the Liberty Files is actually a really good. Um, World War II era Golden Age JSA comic that it's a lot of fun. It's gotcha. a really, really good comic. And the and the costume designs are amazing. Uh, hunt that down if you can. It's super fun. Uh, well, we should wrap up the show. Uh, huge thanks to Bill Oakley for joining us. 
Uh, I'm glad he wasn't on the show when the racists showed up. Right. Which if you're listening on the podcast, you're not getting any of that because I'm going to edit it all out because it was awful. Because the internet. Yeah. Only live listeners get that. Only live listeners treat. get horrible racial uh, comments. Fantastic. Oh, you guys. Just, just racist vomit. Yeah. Uh, next week, we might have something special, but it's not locked in yet. So I don't want to say anymore. We'll see. Not sure. Uh, I, I do know I eventually may... we're gonna. Ha- I know eventually we're gonna have this person on the show, but I don't want to say anymore. So, yeah. I may or may not be with you. I will That's explain right. you more. May or may not. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's fine. Uh, normally I will. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Sorry. The people that jumped in the middle of the show really threw me off because in my head I'm now like, where do I edit? Uh, anyway, with that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Peter Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Watch out for snakes. On you.